the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We are now inside the one-week mark on the midterm election, and I thought it would be a good time for us to check in with Rob Walgate of the American Policy Roundtable. Nonpartisan site. They also run a site to help you get educated as a voter called iVoters.com. We'll touch on that, but Rob, thanks for coming on the show. And we've obviously got a lot of optimistic polls out there about Republican Senate candidates trending in the right direction. Once the results are in, it'll be interesting to see if these polls are accurate or if they've undersampled Republicans or if this early optimism depresses the Republican turnout. What do you make of all the polls that suggest that this might be a red wave or something pretty close to a red wave? Well, Bruce, thanks for having me. And I always say the only poll that matters is the one that happens on a Tuesday in November. I think you're seeing the momentum move so much towards the Republicans and full disclosure I come at this from a nonpartisan perspective. I'm a registered independent. Uh, but you're seeing that, that shift towards the Republicans because I think the defense that the Democrats are trying to make on so many issues just isn't there. You, from the economy to energy independence to crime, I think there's, there is a wave going against the Democrats when it comes to those critical issues that are impacting Americans each and every day. But again, we won't know until November 8th for that actual final only poll that matters. And we also know, we've learned throughout the years, and history teaches us, that politics can be localized. So while we think we have a grasp of what's happening in Arizona, or we think we have a handle on what's going on in Nevada, the folks that are living there each and every day are making those determinations. And it's kind of hard to, to, to judge that from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Yeah, it is. The curiosity to me is that we've seen Senate polls move dramatically in lots of states, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania in particular. Uh, We've not seen that here in Ohio. Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance had a town hall last night with the Fox News uh, channel anchors Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. What do you make of the consistently tight polls, one, two points each way with Ryan and Vance? Well, I think one of the reasons for that is that Tim Ryan is fairly well known in Ohio. Why he may not be known all across the state by each and every voter. What I mean by that, I mean he served in Washington, D.C. for 18, 20 years. So you know what you're going to get with Tim Ryan. His positions are his positions, regardless of what the commercials say or he tries to tell you his positions are. I mean, he's voted a certain way each and every time. So there has been that consistency with him. When you look across the country at some of these other polls, I think you're seeing fluctuation because you're having people that are new to the game um, come on the scene. So I think you can take a look with Herschel Walker in Georgia. You can take a look in Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz and in other places. You have newcomers and people's emotions when it comes to those folks uh, can tend to fluctuate. Rob Walgate is our guest. He's with the American Policy Roundtable. Follow them uh, on the web at aproundtable.org. 
Okay, uh, but in Ohio, we talked a lot during COVID about Mike DeWine and some of his policies were not popular and they were debatably constitutional or unconstitutional. Uh, Yet DeWine is, by all accounts, skating over Nan Whaley. Is that just his enormous name recognition and her lack of funds and lack of name recognition? I think it's a combination of things. I think, one, it's his name recognition. I think, two, it's a lot of people that would consider themselves Democrats or liberals that are happy with how Mike DeWine played the role of dictator throughout the COVID pandemic. And they like the things that he did. They like the fact that he took authority. They like the fact that he canceled a primary election um, by on his own accord. They, they, they're happy that he did those things. So I think that's why he's rolling. I talked to someone the other day, and they were making the argument that Ohio would have been better off with a far-left liberal Democrat governor during COVID, hmm. because then the legislature would have stepped up and they had a veto-proof majority, then they would have forced to, been forced to do things to act to respond, because all the things Mike DeWine did during COVID, if a Democrat had done those, Republicans would have been turning over tables. So I think that's why you're seeing Mike DeWine. I think you're seeing people who have continued to put party over principle and are going to vote for someone with an R next to their name no matter what. I think you're going to see that. But I also think you're going to see people cross over and vote for him because he governed in the sense of how a liberal would govern during COVID. Yeah, no dispute on that. Uh, certainly when the uh, legislature overrides some of your decisions and they're in your party, uh, well, that shows you, you know. Well, and remember the dysfunctionality of the summer of 2020, not only with COVID, but with what was happening with the state house and Speaker Householder and HB6. And remember that debacle everything that was going on there so it it created the perfect storm for someone to play the role of king over 11 and a half million people because he knew there was going to be no accountability for a while because the ohio house of representatives representatives was in straight disarray yeah all right we'll get our guest american policy roundtable follow them at aproundtable.org okay one of the services you provide is to educate voters you have a service called i voters and people can go and they can find out what the candidate's position is on certain issues and what their background is. Tell us about iVoters and how people can access it. iVoters.com. Enter your address, zip code, up pops the candidates running in your area. We don't tell you how to vote or who to vote for. We just provide a resource so that you can educate yourself, you can educate neighbors. We give you their ballotpedia profile, their campaign website, their social media handles. I mean, if you're not sure, it's a it's a great place to understand who is on the ballot in your area, number one. And number two, where they stand. I always said, you know, I'm not a huge, huge social media guy, but I always go to candidates' Twitter handle and Facebook page because I want to see what they're saying. Because mm-hmm. you can get a feel on someone based upon their responses or gut reactions to the thing when you look at what they say on Twitter. The other thing we provide, Bruce, is endorsements. Not our own endorsements, but the endorsements of organizations from the far left in the far right, because that helps people make a decision. Because you say, well, maybe I like this person. And then you look, and they're endorsed by someone that you totally disagree with, whether it's on the issue of life or on the issue of climate. That's going to help. And also in Ohio, as we know, and this service, by the way, is available in all 50 states. So you can share it far and wide with your friends and family. But in Ohio, we're voting on two constitutional amendments, issue one and issue two. You're able to take a look at the ballot language. You're able to take a look at the certified arguments for, arguments against. You're able to grab and gather and process 
all the information before you step into the voting booth. And I think an educated electorate is the best electorate. American Policy Roundtable, check out their podcast, follow their daily updates on all the election issues, and check out iVoters.com, aproundtable.org is the website. We're going to start talking about 2024 the minute this election is over, and most of the attention is focused on the presidency, but I think we have coming up the next time a little different balance in the Senate. This time it seems like there are more Republican seats up for grabs. Are there more Democratic seats up for grabs the next time? And if Republicans do as well as some people are now optimistically projecting, if they get to 53, 54, 55 seats in the Senate and 2024, let's say the economy doesn't bounce back, inflation doesn't decrease, could we get to a majority that we haven't seen for a while on the GOP side in the Senate, given seats that are up for grabs then? Yeah, well, two things. One, I'm not sure how the economy is going to bounce back and inflation is going to be under control because regardless of what happens with the Republicans gaining control, President Biden's going to be in the White House and he'll veto anything that's put in front of him that the Republicans have sent his way. Number two, when you look at 2024, the Senate seats that are up for grabs, Democrats have to defend 21, independents two, and those two independents caucus with the Democrats. Republicans have 10 seats. Of the 21 that these have to defend in 2024, you're looking at Arizona again, Nevada again, Montana, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, New Hampshire again, Virginia. I mean, yeah, the, if you thought it was chaos in the 2022 Senate races, you've seen nothing yet because 2024 you're going to have to buckle up. And as you mentioned, the number 60, and obviously that determines when it comes to the filibuster Personally, I'm not a fan of the filibuster. I would like to see it done away with. I know a lot of people just wreck their cars right now with yeah. saying that. Because, I'd wreck mine if because, I was in it. Yeah, because they say, well, that means the Democrats could do whatever they wanted now. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think if you have the United States Senate, you have the United States House of Representatives, and you have uh, your candidate in the White House as president of the United States, you the people have spoken and you should be able to do what you want. Here's my point. I don't think they would have done all the things they talk about. They're using everything they're saying as campaign tax- tactics. There's zero chance Joe Manchin would have went along with those things. There's zero chance Kirsten Sinema would have went along with those things, as well as a handful of these other Democrats that have to defend their position, their job in the most exclusive club in the world in 2024. They're not going to do it. They're not going to put their neck on the line for these far left policies, but they can talk about it and raise money about it because they don't have to defend it with an actual vote. So um, the filibuster is not constitutional. I would like to see it done away with. And I'll tell you what, if they would have done the things they talked about and they didn't have the courage to do it because they did away with what they did away with when it comes to – approving justices, right? I mean, we saw what Harry yeah. Reid did with the nuclear option years ago, and we saw the whiplash that everyone got from that. So they weren't going to do it. But as it pertains to the Republicans, um, it, I think it's evident things are shifting in their favor. The Democrats want November 8th to get here and that race to end immediately. I think the Republicans are saying, let's drag it out another week or 10 days because I think even more momentum would shift their way. Rob Olgate, American Policy Roundtable. Always great to have you on, Rob. Thanks for your time and for your perspective. And everybody, make sure you access iVoters.com for that information. Have a good one, Rob. Thanks, Bruce.
We have a bit of an update on the tragic Halloween night crash uh, near Westerville where a pickup truck hit a mom and a four-year-old. The four-year-old did not survive. Uh, The mother is in the hospital. We do not have any charges filed uh, in this incident yet, and I don't know that we will have any charges filed. Uh, Were they in the crosswalk? Were they? I don't know. They're investigating. We'll let the process run out. But what I find interesting, what I find interesting is that ABC6 in town did a record search for this intersection and found that they have had 311 traffic-related concerns about this crossing. 311. Uh, So, wow. Uh, What uh, does that mean for legal culpability? Uh, I don't know. It does not bring the four-year-old back. It is, um, I just can't even imagine going out trick-or-treating with your mom. I mean, is there anything more special for a child? Well, there are many special memories of childhood, but that would be one of them. Like going out on trick-or-treat night, how much little kids look forward to that. Getting candy, mom's part of it, and mom is along because mom's a really good sport, first of all. She's having fun with her child. She's watching over her child, wants to be there to keep her child safe, and this happens. Um, I think if we all just stop a second and just think about that, we can gain a greater depth of understanding, and perhaps we'll pause and pray for that family. And And I'd add, too, pray for the driver. And the driver of this vehicle feels absolutely devastated by this. He didn't want this. He or she did not want this to happen And I just, man, that could happen to literally any of us. Who has not looked across, looked down, something falls on the floor of your floorboard of your car, whatever. I mean, it just underscores. There's, on my part, no demonization of this driver because that could happen to anyone. Have you seen the the crosswalk? Have not. Either coverage on television or, or actually driven through there. The the Channel Six story is is especially good because it shows what type of crosswalk lighting is there. Mm-hmm. And I come down from way up north when I come to work, and I travel Lewis Center Road, and there's a giant crosswalk in front of an elementary school. That's kind of you know you're driving along, and all of a sudden there's an area where you have to pay attention. Yeah, the lighting is so much larger. And red flashing things mm-hmm. go off when someone hits that button yep. to cross the road. So I, I, I think the city, I think that's in the city of Columbus, but it's Westerville Schools, if I remember correctly, that area. I, I think they're going to have to reassess how much lighting they need because it's so dark on Westerville Road there. Yep. It's just north of Morse Road. It's an, it's a 60s subdivision, but the houses are all, you know. People are taking care of their neighborhood, mm-hmm. et cetera, but they need access to both sides of the road there. So there is some lights, but its I don't think it's enough. Yeah, obviously not in this situation. Yeah. So just uh, we'll keep you updated in case uh, anything happens with the case, the mother's recovery, whether charges are filed or not. But uh, I just don't think this is um, your average run-of-the-mill um, you know, rogue driver. I think this is, this is something that, um, as I say, could have happened to any of us. Now, what cannot happen to any of us, unless you are purposeful in doing it, is that you repeatedly lie and exaggerate. I'm not 80 years old, so I don't know if this is a 
part of growing old? My sense is no, because my parents were both over 80, and they did not become serial liars in their late ages, okay? So I think that's in you. Age does not put that in you. But it is clearly a part of who the President of the United States is. He may, I say may, deserve a bit of a pass when he exaggerates the death of his son, Bo, who died from brain cancer six years after he came back from serving in the Middle East. Six years. Joe Biden repeatedly says his son died in Iraq. His son did not die in Iraq. I think it is extremely, at best, at best, extremely disrespectful of real gold star families who lost their son, daughter, father, mother in combat or in a forward area or while serving our country, extremely disrespectful to equate the nevertheless tragic loss of your son to someone who died in the process of being in uniform. And by the way, Joe Biden created 13 needless gold star families with his ridiculous agenda-driven withdrawal from Afghanistan. He told that lie again the other day, my son Bo, who died in Iraq. He did not die in Iraq. But here's one he told yesterday when touting his grand achievement from the Inflation Reduction Act, which is to reduce insulin costs. I've covered with you before the reduction in medical costs for seniors do not kick in, some of them, until six years down the road. But here's Joe Biden with a whopper that is not difficult to disprove. How many of you know somebody with diabetes needs insulin? Well, guess what? And we, when, we, when, when, we, when Debbie and I passed this law, it included everybody, not just seniors. And so what happened was we said, okay, you know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him, okay? I spoke to him, okay? Not okay. Because the guy who invented insulin died before Joe Biden was born. Are we conducting seances in the White House now? Joe Biden is speaking to dead medical uh, medication inventors <laughs> via his Ouija board in the Oval Office. If memory serves, I think it was uh, it came out in 1925. My daughter has type one, so I'm familiar with insulin. Right in that area, 1923 for their ni- pat- patent okay. in 23 for their 1921 discovery. Okay, cool. Yeah, one of Long them died. One of them died in 1941. The other died in 1935. There you go. Joe Biden was born in 1942. But he spoke to them. Oh, my goodness. Now, what is the purpose of this? It is to blow up to inflate your own image. I started this segment by saying integrity, honesty, character. Integrity, honesty, character. You don't have it in a president. You won't have it in a senator if you vote for Tim Ryan. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.